Welcome back, and I'm delighted to say a special welcome to John Prabhudas. He is one of our colleagues uh, working on a very important topic that gets, unfortunately, unbelievably little attention given the magnitude of what is happening. And I'm talking about the persecution of Christians around the world, including in his native India. John is the chairman of the Federation of Indian American Christian Organizations here in the United States. He's a what I call a foreign-born American patriot. He's deeply concerned about what is happening at the hands of the Indian government to uh, his co-religionists, and uh, for that matter, to other uh, religions as well that are minorities in what is now a, well, country dominated by and a government very much in the thrall of Hindu nationalists. John, it's good to have you. Welcome to Securing America. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very pleased to have you. It's been something I've wanted to do for a while, so I'm glad that we finally have caught up. Uh, we have been talking for some time now about the magnitude of the persecution of Christians that is taking place in India. Give us a sense of that, if you would. Um, it's a huge country, obviously. How many Christians are there in India, and uh, what has been their plight of late? Yeah, great question, Frank. Most people in America believe, uh, think of India as a land of enchantment, a uh, land of Hindus and fakirs. Um, but it's not the case. India is not a single, like a nation state, like an ethnic, like when, when you look at uh, Korea or Japan, it's not that. India is a multitude. What, what the framers of the founders of India said, it was the union of Indian states. Uh, you have more than two dozen different states with 900 plus languages, uh, cultures, uh, you, know, you name any religious uh, uh, faith, it's there. Uh, as a matter of fact, Christian faith has been in India for 2,000 years. Uh, Apostle Thomas brought the faith uh, to India. In fact, he was um, killed in my city uh, where I was uh, raised, uh, Chennai. Um, and then his uh, remains were transported to Edessa uh, only in the 3rd century. Now, given that background, you, should, um, you have a Christian faith that was present in India before there was a church in Rome. Or, and they, were, they, were, um, they were associated with Damascus for a very long time. Still, the Orthodox Church in India is still associated with Damascus. India is one of the countries in the world where the Christian faith has been in existence for the last 2,000 plus years um, without break in the history. And, and so what is the size of the population? We have about Christians 100 there? million people who, more than 100 million people who follow the faith in one form or the other. They may not call themselves Christians in the, in the official records. If you go by the official records, it's about uh, 28, 30 million. A very sizable number, even if it's the smaller one. But uh, what is being done to them uh, by the Hindu nationalists at the moment? Give us a sense of it. Well, the, the Hindu nationalists, unfortunately, view 
um, Christian faith and Islam, if you will, both as Abrahamic faiths from coming from outside of the land of India. For them, India is the holy land. But when you come to when 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 you talk talk to the Christians, they see Jerusalem or um, or Israel as the birthplace of that faith. Um, that is very offensive for them. So they try to say that you are a foreign religion, uh, not Indian. Um, they they have this form this uh, this uh, phrase called uh, Indic faiths. The Indic faiths include. Um, you know, as you know, the Hinduism is not one religion. Hinduism is an identity given by the British Empire, uh, British administrators, only about 150 years or so ago. Before that, there was no Hinduism per se. There was Sanatana Dharma, there was Jainism, there was Buddhism, there was all sorts of uh, uh, isms. And the British combined them all together and created a Hinduism. And that became an identity rallying point for the uh, for the people who were taking up the 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 issue of getting the British out of India. Anti-colonialism, yeah. So when when you put all this together, then John, um, how has this idea that Christianity is foreign to India uh, and anathema to this Hindu nationalist, if not uh, exclusively a religious? concept and identity, as you put it, uh, translating into oppression of uh, the, the, the Christian population. Is it, is it aimed at uh, trying to drive them out of the country, or is it simply trying to force their submission, or what's, what's the purpose as far well, as you it is, it's, a, it's a great question, because the founders of this Hindu nationalist movement is called the RSS, um, and it stands. Uh, they were they were the admirers of Mussolini, and um, and Heinrich Himmler. So they copied their brown shirts and the black shirts model, and created a nationalist movement uh, that was called in India the RSS. Their founding idea is that two races, namely the Hindu race they call it, and the Abrahamic races cannot coexist. So they need to create a pure Hindu racial state. With that, they say that you they cannot coexist, so they have to leave the land. But if they want to live in that geographical area, which we call the Union of India today, they should submit themselves to the Hindu uh, authority and that they should not even claim citizenship. Now, this is a very complicated subject, um, we will, we'll, we can talk for hours on that. Well, unfortunately we can't, we've got about five more minutes, but let, let me just ask you, because if you could put this into the context of particular relevance to us, as we talked about with Colonel uh, Newsom a moment ago, um, India is strategically considered to be a very important counterweight uh, to communist China at the moment. Um, though, as a result of developments in Ukraine and the opportunity to get some oil on the cheap and longstanding ties to the Russian, before that, the Soviet military um, of the Hindu government, or excuse me, the Indian government, um, we've seen there being some second guessing of uh, basically where India is headed on the Russo-Sino-US uh, 
uh, you know, sort of uh, in challenge for their diplomacy. And I, I guess I would just ask you, um, we've heard from Secretary of State Tony Blinken that um, there are concerns about human rights abuses uh, against Christians and Muslims, obviously, as well. Um, he's also apparently, uh, I guess just yesterday, uh, restored India to uh, the country of particular concern list. Um, sort of net this out for us, John, if you would, as to uh, both where you think um, India is headed and our relationship with it. It's um, see, India is an important ally. Um, could be natural allies because India fancies itself as a democracy, and to a large extent, rightfully so. Um, the elections are held, but the, the but the democratic values needed to be uh, followed or respected to be a democracy, not just holding elections. Even Russia used to hold elections. Um, in the, China also holds elections. But in the geopolitics, if you look at it, uh, the U.S. has now put together this the organization called the Quad with uh, Singapore, Australia, uh, Japan, and India together to challenge. Um, China's expansionist policies in Indochina. Now, with with that and uh, our war on terrorism in Afghanistan, India is in a very strategic location that could be very helpful uh, to America's agenda. But the question is here: this when. We see, look at, look at Pakistan 15, 20 years ago, or maybe 35 years ago, um, when we needed Pakistan's help to fight the Soviets in Afghanistan, things were not rosy in Pakistan. Things were going bad. I mean, they were passing legislations. The, 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 the animosities against the Hindus, the Christians, and the Ahmadis in Pakistan was growing exponentially. But America chose to turn a blind eye, if you will, because their argument is that, look, we are not in Pakistan to police them. They have a judiciary. They have a government. They will deal with it. We are there because of America's interest. Now, we are making the same argument today, saying that what happens internally to India is not our problem. India has a, a, a judiciary, a police system, a government, a democracy. They will deal with it. We need India, so we need to overlook all those problems to have a relationship with that country to bring them together in the fold. My question is, 15, 20 years from now, are we going to be in the same place that we see ourselves with Pakistan vis-a-vis um, uh, the, the, the relationship that we are, we are looking at? Because Pakistan has become a major national security threat to the United States. We, we're we're just out of time, John. I have to say, I, this is a subject to which I hope we can return with you because it's of such importance, um, this strategically located country, as you say, with its challenges and um, with the help we need with respect to China, most especially our mutual enemy. But thank you for your standing up for Christians. We appreciate your work and look forward to talking with you again about it soon. Next up, we'll speak with Richard Fisher about um, developments on the military side in China right after this. <laughs> 